Welcome to Sensitive Sundays, a show where we normalize vulnerability and pretend like tomorrow is not Monday. My name's Carly. And my name's Alyssa. And today, we're talking about play and how play has evolved over time from childhood, being a teenager, young adult, to now, and reminding ourselves the importance of, well, playing. <laughs> that sounded really scary. It was really cute, though. She's so organized. <laughs> Well, I'm really excited to talk about play. I think it's it's a really cool topic that Carly came up with this week, and I feel like it's an awesome topic for us to talk about in the new year and see how we can incorporate more play into our lives mm-hmm. as adults. Mm-hmm. So are you ready to get into it, Carly? Almost. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah. you know, before we do, <laughs> I want to ask you, Alyssa, what are you feeling sensitive about this Sunday? Thank you for asking. (laughs) You know what? I've been really struggling lately focusing on the good moments in my Mm. life and focusing way more on the bad moments, which I know is a very easy thing to do, but I think I take it almost to an extreme degree um, to the point where I'm just not even appreciative for the good things that have been happening for me and around me. Mm. So like an example that I can say is, um, well, I started a job recently and yeah, finally. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been thinking to myself about how I could have really used that time that, I mean, I was unemployed for um, like seven and a half months, which is kind of absurd, but I want to be proud of it because I, you know, it took a lot for me to be smart with my money beforehand mm-hmm. to be able to survive for seven and a half months because not a lot of people can do that. Usually and the recommended is six months right. max. Is it recommended six months? Yeah, I've heard savings. it's like three. Oh. But I believe you. I, regardless, that's something I want to be proud of myself. But mm-hmm. sorry, I'm getting off topic. So the thing that I thought is, wow, why didn't I go to Thailand? Why didn't I go do this crazy big trip? Because that would have feels like it should have been the time to do it. Mm. Because when am I ever going to have that extended period of time again, mm-hmm. ever? <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless I, I don't know, make a bunch of money in something and then I don't have to work a nine to five job. And I was talking about this with my partner and he kind of helped remind me that there's a reason why I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not who I am. Would I have gone alone? No. And I don't know anyone who would have been able to go with me at that time. I don't think you would have been able to. You've yeah, been working. Yeah, not with the like the time off, I guess, that I had right. gotten at the time. And on top of that, like I was stressing about finding a job and having the money because mm-hmm. in reality, sure, I maybe could have done it, but I don't think so. I mean, probably not if I'm being honest. And I think to myself that would have been the perfect time and I put myself down, but I don't acknowledge the fact that there's a reason why I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm not acknowledging the fact that I got to go on some really wonderful trips during that time. I got Mm -hmm. to go to Oregon. I got to go to New York. I got to go to Tennessee. I I traveled. I Mm -hmm. can't I, I look back at that time and it's not like I can say I did absolutely nothing because I did. I did do stuff. And looking back, it's actually funny that For seven and a half months, it feels like that time went by in a blip. But yeah, I just, I don't allow myself to really appreciate the good things. Mm. And I fixate on the bad things way too much. And what I'm seeing is long term, it's really causing a lot of negativity for me. And it's hindering my growth as an individual. Mm -hmm. And um, 
yeah, it's just been a lot. And I'm, I really desperately wish I could kind of rework my mindset on it. Yeah. What would it look like if you did? I think I would just be a lot more of a positive person in general if I were able to, because I would be acknowledging and absorbing all of the positivity that's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're someone who fixates on the bad things or the shoulda, coulda, wouldas too much, it like just kind of makes you a sad person, which I I would kind of categorize myself as kind of a sad person. (laughs) Well, it's just, you know, how how it is with how I am. But yeah, I know that will change because I want it to change. Mm-hmm. So as long as I keep acknowledging that and keep hoping for it and obviously try to put some work into it and try to find some kind of strategy, then it will change. But I think that's what I'm struggling with is figuring out the how-to. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think you've already kind of referenced what helps you, right? You know, recognizing the things that you have done rather than mm-hmm. the things that you haven't. You know, that's that's a great place to start shifting your attention to mm-hmm. because the more that we feed that part, you know, the more that you're going to feel good about it yeah. and remember that and your brain's going to naturally go to that, right? Like mm-hmm. my therapist always told me the grass is always greener where you water it. Mm. And, you know, I think that's the true statement, you know, so you're feeding that part of your brain now you're watering that part of your grass rather than watering the part that you've been watering which sounds like it's overgrown right now in the scheme of things so mowing it a little bit tending to the other side a little more giving it a little bit more love I'm sure will feel good and it sounds like it'll have benefits for you I love that I love a good visual and Carly always has one at the ready and I appreciate it (laughs) yeah I mean we have to thank Tanya for that one so yeah I'm thankful for Tanya every day but (laughs) today especially i I thought this the other day i wonder if your therapist ever listens to our podcast oh i doubt it but i I kind of wonder she does i would love that if tanya did i don't even think she knows what it's called to be fair i don't promote it to her yeah but i don't think that she needs to listen to me more than she already does (laughs) she already does like i don't know (laughs) if i had a client that told me that they had a podcast i don't know if i would listen out of like courtesy to them to like not dig more into their lives. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was something that was just kind of on huh. my brain a few days ago. I was just like, huh, Carly has a therapist and I'm <laughs> sure she's told her therapist about this. And it's kind of like we're having a therapy session together That's in some true. ways every time we meet. So <laughs> I'll, I'll ask Tanya next time. It's so funny. My client said yesterday that I had a really nice voice and I should have a podcast. And Aww. I'm not going to tell them like, that you oh, have I one. have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Probably for the best. I, yeah, I just think I, it would be uh, unethical of me to say, but it's true. I know. <laughs> it's like, how do we promote this podcast without promoting it in certain ways? I yeah. Because I still want us to grow. And I'm um, – anyway, we're getting off topic. We can talk about this off – off air. Yes, we can. <laughs> I mean, if if y'all have any suggestions, you know, let us know. Yes, please do. We really um, value everybody's opinions. And for the numerous times that we've reached out asking for some feedback, we have yet to receive any. But <laughs> sorry, that's but been getting a little we're, spicy. We're grateful for the feedback that we have received <laughs> because I've gotten a lot of positive feedback True. in person. 
and it's just not in the comments or you know on the like public <laughs> internet but for all the people that have rated us so far we've gotten great ratings absolutely so i say keep going you know if you haven't rated us yet like it, the five stars helps us get further and further. So just as an aside, you know, thank you to those who have in in ways, whether it's been direct to us or not. And we would always love more and it would make us very happy, you know, to hear from y'all. Can you tell who's the good cop and who's the bad cop between us? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I will also make a point to say that I am incredibly, incredibly grateful for everyone who has interacted and listened to this podcast. I think during... The um, you know how Spotify does a rap for for um your music choices. Yeah. Well, they do it for podcasters too. And I saw that we've had over five hundred listens to our podcast, which is just insane. Gnarly. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm incredibly grateful for everyone who has taken the time to listen and um and appreciate our work and and. Like I said, my biggest thing is I just hope people start conversations based off what we've talked about. So, yeah. But back to it, Carly, what are you feeling sensitive about this Sunday? I'm feeling sensitive about spending time with people that make my life feel bigger than I can on my own. You know, people that spend time with me and get to talk about cool things. You know, my, my housemate and I have been watching stuff about the O.J. Simpson trial. Oh. And we went back and we started watching American Crime Story, which is like a Ryan Murphy biopic version of um, some like crazy things that have happened Okay, in time. So like it's the impeachment of Bill Clinton. They do one about the murder of Gianni Versace and they do the O.J. Simpson trial. And so a lot of very heavy things. This yeah. is what you do on your pastime. <laughs> but it makes it makes my life better because I like get to explore these things with yeah. them. Or like, you know, I had I had coffee with my friend Jordan today and like I just get to like rant and talk about all the things that I think are cool about therapy and all the things that I think are cool about life and being a human being. And I just feel like so grateful that I can take the thoughts in my head and bounce them off of somebody else and like make it even bigger. I mean, like you and I in this podcast, like that that for me is huge being able to take our discussions and the things that you and I talk about because I know we can get really existential and we can get really deep and be able to turn it into something that's even bigger than us. Like yeah. I'm just grateful that my life can feel more than like a a blip in time sometimes. And so that's that's kind of what I'm feeling sensitive about today. Well, I love that. And I really appreciate you sharing that with me. I think it's so fun to see how how often you and I can be in totally different places in our life, yet we still find a way to like come together and find mm-hmm. connections and and kind of steer each other to not even steer, but you know, kind of show each other different ways of navigating life. Yeah. And I I think it's nice. And I love to see where you're at right now because you truly seem very happy right now. Thank you. So. Yeah. Yeah, I am. You know, Ty and I joke that like the biggest problem that we have is like too many people want to hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. And you guys it, are quite the popular couple. <laughs> I just I just think that it's I'm just so grateful mm-hmm. like to be in this position, I think three years ago. You know, yeah. that that wasn't my biggest problem and that wasn't, I mean, even a year ago, you know, that that was something that was on, on the back burner or something that wasn't a problem to me. And like, it's not even really a problem. It's just like an experience that we're having. And so yeah. I'm just grateful that I'm like here in this time and able to to cherish this stuff. 
It sounds like you're achieving what my sensitivity is right now in terms of not being able to appreciate the good in the moment right Mm. now and just fixating on the bad. So maybe you can give me some tips and tricks once we're off the air. (laughs) Sure, sure, yeah. I I definitely could say that I'm not like this all the time. Yes. So I think you caught me at a great moment. and, (laughs) And I guess that's part of it too is like, you know, all of this is momentary and we just have to really embrace the times where it does come in and and flow like this. Absolutely. That feels very hippie to say, but. No, it's beautiful. I (laughs) think it's so, like I get it, it's hippie, but it's why I enjoy hippie culture because it's so impactful and meaningful and it's not just said to be said, it's, there's so much meaning behind it. I don't Mm -hmm. know, but but I appreciate it. And it's probably a big reason why we're, friends because we can speak to each other like that and not roll our eyes or think the other person's being ridiculous or something. I don't know. (laughs) No, I agree. And I think that's like a perfect segue into into play and the topic of play. Kind Mm -hmm. of what we want to focus on today is, you know, us being able to bounce off each other to me is like a very playful thing for us to do, to be able to go deeper and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I guess bringing it back to the original thing that inspired me to talk about it was like a combination of two things. One, um, my friends a while ago sent me this TikTok about an Atlantic article written by Rena Cohen. Um, It'll all be linked in the description below. But essentially the article is talking about how important it is for adults to play in relationships. And it brought me back to this idea that I got from one of my professors in grad school who said like, play is the root of attachment. Like without play, we can't attach to people. And and so for me, I thought it would be a really fun topic for us to talk about because I think I've been feeling like drowned in the like darkness and like adultness that is having responsibilities and being our age. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would be really fun for us to talk about ways to like make that different and play I think is a big part of that. Yeah. And I would say because our relationship started at such an early age, we can kind of walk through the evolution of the type of plays that we used to do together because man, were we interesting (laughs) kids. Oh my gosh. I love it though. Like I look back on it and I'm just like grateful that we weren't clung to our phones trying to make videos, although we did make videos with our flip cameras. Yeah, we did. Oh, my God, amazing us, huh? <gasps> if you, you have any, that? we should put it on we the Instagram. Should. Okay, I'll look some up. Yeah. If you guys are interested in seeing us um, in our adorable yet cringy forms, I will post it too. I still remember Instagram. some of the things that you said oh, in gosh. those videos. It's so good. But I, yeah, I think it's the perfect conversation for us to have, too, because mm-hmm. we've been playing together for so long. Mm-hmm. I think we have, like, a long history of kind of, like, documenting our time together. But I know, Alyssa and I wanted to go over kind of, like, the chronological stages that we've been in yeah. if, in playing in our lives. So I don't know, before we met, you know, kind of if the things that you did to play were different than kind of what we did when we started. But if y'all haven't heard the first episode, Alyssa and I met in sixth grade. And so prior to that, you know, we went through all of elementary school without knowing each other. But I know I played in a different way, I Mm -hmm. think, than than we did when we were together. So I don't know if that's the same for you. But like, how did you play? Yeah, I mean, 
I will say like I kind of had a slower upbringing in terms of some of the things I played as a really young kid versus kind of being more of that in between like pre-teenage. There was some crossover, but when I was younger, like between four and whatever, 12, maybe you would play through toys. I played so many Barbies, but my biggest thing was I used my imagination so much more. One of my fond memories is with my sister growing up where we did, we'd have the Santa Ana winds, the Mm -hmm. big wind flurries. If you guys know the area in Southern California, how we can get those crazy winds. My sister and I would play this game called Twister where we would go outside and just pretend like there was a tornado going on and Mm -hmm. we were just having to like figure out how to survive it or something. But it it was just such a fun memory, even though I hate the wind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we had to use our imagination and we would pretend to quote unquote run away all the time where we would move into this bush that was in front of the front yard and and we'd pack up a little suitcase and say we're living here now or there was just so much more imagination going on I mean Mm -hmm. even when you play with dolls you're you're speaking for them you're moving them as if they're these people that are presently living or whatever it may be so um yeah that was a lot of I mean there was so much more but what are some examples for you when you were in elementary school yeah I think I did I did really similar things it was a a lot of imagination I'm like so impressed with the things that that we could do as Mm -hmm. kids like for me I think it was similar things like my brother and I would like pretend to be living in a a cabin or a fortress when we'd like be playing in the backyard or we had these trees that I used to go climb and like hang out in with people and you know, we had like a little, I, I I don't know, like safety place to <laughs> hang out in. Or like when I was at school, when my friends and I made this thing called like the kitty team. I don't even remember mm. how it was created or why, but it was like we were all like cats and there were these like boys at school that would like chase us around and the whole thing was like they'd chase (laughs) after us and we'd run and they would be like wolves or something like that and that was like the whole thing was I was just like chased by boys all the time Uh but it was like it was classic me but it was like so fun to do Mm -hmm. and I was kind of like a leader in that too so it was really fun to get to like I don't know have agency in my friend group and get to like see what we should do and and determine more and then I guess like just by myself, I think I liked playing like kitchen and food games. I always really liked the idea of being a chef. And so, you know, you like make mud pies and you like give them to people and you're like, oh, here's your food. And then you pretend to eat yeah. it, you know, or things like that. I feel like you're less afraid when you're at that age to get dirty, to get mm-hmm. like, I agree. Like my sister and I would play around in the backyard just covered in mud and I it was a blast. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. That's so funny that you say that. <laughs> yeah, I just did not care about being dirty or getting like touching like goopy things. Yeah. Like the textures of things didn't matter that much to me. It was mm-hmm. just kind of like you dive in and and it's fearless in a way, which is really fun that you get to like turn anything into something beneficial for you. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other games that I used to play when I was like in elementary school, but I can't, it was like just all imaginative. Like people would be werewolves or like, I remember I watched the Headless Horseman once in elementary school and this guy I used to have a huge crush on. We used to play together, just the two of us. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember him being the Headless Horseman one day and we were like playing around on the playground and he was like, 
same thing for me over and over again. Like dark guy chasing me around (laughs) the playground like a dark character. Uh And it was just so much fun. And then one day he stopped doing it. I guess that's the the thing is eventually like developmentally we change and we decided that that's not the way that we want to play anymore. We want to play in this different way. But I I played with dolls too. And I think I, I remember like you and I still did a little bit too. Like I think you had Bratz dolls or something like that. Like yeah. I know we use them for a project, but I think outside of a project – I think we played with them. We played with them. Yeah, we did. Well, that's what I mean when I said right when we were first starting is that some of the stuff that we did as younger children, we still kind of did a little bit in our middle school years. And I think that's because you and I in particular kind of held on to our innocence for longer than the average child. And Mm -hmm. that was just probably based on some privilege that we had growing up being a little Uh, more sheltered from what the world can be like. I really envy the little girls that we were at that time because I feel like we were way less self-conscious. You know, the whole getting Mm self-conscious mentality kind of came later on when we were in our preteens, teenage years, because that's when we started to care more about what people thought. That's what we that's when we just were worried about how we looked and why we were feeling the way we were feeling. Like when we were kids, sure, you want this feeling of community and feeling accepted by people, but mm-hmm. you also weren't afraid to go up to someone and be like, hey, let's go do this. You right. know what I mean? There was, there was a little bit more confidence at that age. Yeah. Than, I remember yeah. befriending like random people. Like we went camping once and mm-hmm. we befriended like the the people who were camping next to us and or like my friends from Europe that would come in and they wouldn't speak English, but we'd still all play together. Like yeah. there's something that's that's freeing about that and, and less self-conscious, you know, like I don't even think it was a big deal that we couldn't speak to each other in the same language, but it right. was more of like, let's go have fun together. Right. And it's like the the bond between you and being with someone who doesn't speak the same language is play. Mm-hmm. You found ways to connect through playing in whatever way that may have been it's that's so cool we're gonna have to have an episode where we just talk about that transition from childhood to like starting to get older and be more aware and more self-conscious because i feel like that's a topic that just needs to be talked about i would love to talk about oh for sure i think it's it's good to highlight it and really break it down because i don't think i've gone back to that time in my life in a while and the only time i really think about it is when i'm like working with my teen clients who are in it right now. So it would be nice to break it down selfishly for me. But like also I think (laughs) it's something that we should normalize too. Absolutely. And I feel for your clients for going through it right now. It's not a time I would like to go back to at all. (laughs) Same. Well, I think we should move on to like our teenage years, young adult years-ish. Tell me, how. what are some ways that you played? I mean, I think – so this is the time when Alyssa and I were, like, starting it, – it's so funny because it was, like, a real big shift. Like, one year we were, like, hanging out and playing with dolls and, like, kind of doing funny things in the next years. I feel like it was such a quick thing for me in my head that we got, like, much more serious about I think it's because of someone we started to be friends with. They kind of changed our mentality on kind of growing up a little yeah. bit. I don't know if you agree with that, but I – Personally, I feel like she kind of did for me where I started to be like, oh, 
wait, I kind of want to grow up a little huh. bit. B- do you feel like that? Yeah, I feel like it was like a mixture of that and just like generally kind of what was normal for us at the time. Like yeah. I think when we started going to stops and when we started having first kisses and when we started, you know, doing these things that that are serious, like yeah. I think that really changes things. But before when we can just do whatever and it doesn't affect anybody because we're still individuals who don't have anybody else that we're – whose feelings were responsible for in some right. ways. Yeah. Like it was different. Like I remember you and I pre, we like played Sims and we we made videos mm-hmm. and we- Played dress up. Mm-hmm. We played with dolls still. We had sleepovers all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we like did some like ghost yeah. stuff too. Like we like did some like free writing, spiritual- we- stuff Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. Like some like- <laughs> kind of carefree stuff obviously very carefree if we're like playing with spirits and and doing that kind of stuff because that can have big implications and I think that it was fun to like kind of do the scary stuff too and we were kind of still trying to figure ourselves out as individuals because even though you and I were like kind of relationshipy people at that time we still were very much our own individual self we weren't constantly hanging out with our partners like like we do now as adults so it's it was just a little bit different and we had more time to focus on being friends together and playing together versus focusing on whatever external things may have been going on yeah so no that totally makes sense and I think you know when we started getting older like what about your play changed Hmm. I feel like I just became more self-conscious that's truly how it changed I remember talking with my mom and being like, I'm never going to be able to understand big words like everybody else. I feel so far behind. I feel like I can't talk during conversations because I don't have the same vocabulary as everybody else. Or I just, I felt just constantly not good enough. And I think that took away a lot of my ability to play and to create new relationships and friendships because I just didn't feel confident enough Mm. I felt like I would just be made fun of or punished in some ways lots of sarcasm there was a long period of time between middle of middle school and and during high school where I just truly didn't understand sarcasm and I kind of grew up with an older sibling and a lot of older sibling friends that used so much sarcasm with me and I just didn't get it Mm -hmm. and it hurt my feelings because sarcasm usually is kind of a mean, usually mean statements, but Mm -hmm. they're trying to be sarcastic. And that's like their form of play, but it's more mature. Exactly. Than than where you were at at the time. Right. And I just didn't get it. And I just felt so hurt Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. And I think that's where a lot of my play was taken away because I just didn't get it. And I'm thankful. I'm incredibly grateful I had you in my life because you were my main source of of someone who I could play with that was at the same age group as me. Mm-hmm. Because with my sister being two years older than me and bringing friends over that were two years older, they didn't know how to communicate with me in the same way to where I could understand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just, it, it evolved probably in a downward way because I just became so much more self-conscious mm. and losing confidence in myself. I think it's so ironic because at the same time, like I don't remember when we started doing photo shoots. Mm-hmm. I think it was in seventh grade that we did our first one. 
So like at the same time that we were becoming self-conscious, we were also doing these things that like put ourselves out there a lot more too. Going to dances and like becoming like more romantically involved in in other people's lives and things like that. Like it was so mature at the time, but Mm -hmm. also like we were still so immature and like we we didn't know what we were doing we were just trying to figure it out and do what everybody else was doing so that we would feel like a community with everyone Mm -hmm. else i think no i agree with that 100 percent. like part of it i think for me like while you're talking about being self-conscious like i think the thing that sticks out for me is like wanting to be more mature Mm-hmm. And wanting to do more like adult things. Oh, I'm putting absolutely. air quotes around it because like it's it's so adult sometimes that like we didn't need to do those things. Like, you know, I thought it was really funny that my dad wanted to chaperone the stomp the first time we went because, you know, like he didn't really know what was happening there right. and stuff. So of course they're like he's not gonna let me just go to this dance. I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> now that and I look think back to exactly. it. Exactly. And like we were like what 11 12 year olds and the like thing to do at the dances was like grind on other grind people. on each other like <laughs> now that i think back on that like oh my god imagine being an adult Seeing supervising that. a room full of 12 year old children grinding on each other like that's what <laughs> yeah and and so my dad told me like you can go but you can't do that you yeah. know like and at the time i was like yeah 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 like sure whatever dad like you don't understand that's the cool thing to do or that would be weird if I didn't. But like now that I'm looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was super weird that like that was the normal thing to do. Um, But it was still fun. Like we had fun at them. And I think I remember like you and I, and I guess this is what you're talking about with this other person in our friend group for a while that like we kind of peeled off of. She was like more – Per, like, per, I don't, promiscuous I don't think is the right word but like but that's a good way to sexually knowledgeable yeah. and things like that because because she had an older brother and like I think mm-hmm. had like a different education than us different experiences than us she and, was also just slightly older than us too because so she was just kind of in a different phase of her life as well yeah but yeah I feel like there was a lot of external input that kind of helped initiate the transition for us in some ways. Mm -hmm. But that came from so many different areas, not just her. Yeah. And um, this the thing that I can think back and be proud of is that we kind of still tried to stay true to ourselves too. We still maintained being silly together and playful and doing weird things for a really long time. Like we didn't stop just because – oh, we're in middle school now or we're starting high school, we can't do these things anymore. Sure, some of the things we – like we stopped playing with dolls. Mm -hmm. We stopped using Ouija boards and talking to ghosts. (laughs) We – I don't know. What else did we stop doing? We still had sleepovers all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We stopped imagining stuff as much, I think, you know, but we – it changed, right? Like you and I have that picture of when – when did I put on that hat or you put on that hat and I pretended to be your boyfriend in the picture. Oh, like, it was me. Yeah. yeah, it was you. <laughs> it was you putting on the hat and like putting your hair up. Yeah. And like. I made know, it all like Bieber-ish and took a photo with you. Oh yeah, my God, that's we, so funny. We'll have to post that one too. We still played dress up. We yeah. still, you know, like. Did photo shoots all the time. Yeah, yeah. 
and and we played a lot of like video games with our friends i think or like the the thing that i have in my notes is like worms with your cousins like yes <laughs> you know even though your cousins were way older than us we still got to play games or like hell when i when i would play with you Which is your... a card game, by the way, just yeah. to give context. Yes, not literally like being in the pits of hell. It's like <laughs> a card game. Um, yeah. Or we played hide and seek in the dark in your mom's house. You know, mm-hmm. like we still did things that were like kind of imaginative, but more structured and more like yeah things that I guess everybody was open to doing at the time versus mm-hmm. like the imaginary stuff where we could just take like a box and do something with right. it. I still feel like we probably did stuff like that anyway, but just to a lesser degree, obviously, over yeah. time. But I just want to acknowledge my appreciation right now, just ha- us having this moment and thinking back to it, because I don't think most people give themselves moments to think back to that time and just like I'm thankful for the the friendship that we've had and the silliness, the silly moments and the laughter. And sure, we had plenty of difficult times regarding like competition and just being uncertain in ourselves and yeah. whatever. But like I just we had so many fun, silly times, too. And I just there are people out there that didn't get to experience that as kids or yeah. didn't get to experience it to the degree that we did. And I just I feel so thankful. Yeah, me too. Because those are moments that you can't necessarily go back and get again. You can see it through other children, but you can't ever really go through it as yourself being that young, imaginary, I don't know, imaginary self. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. You're you're getting emotional about it, Alyssa, what's coming up? I just, I kind of... I I guess this goes back to my sensitivity, but in the sense of my confidence issues, which I think it's kind of all tied together, is I I feel like I was such a confident kid. Mm. I was really unapologetic in some ways, in, in good ways, and I cared way less about what other people thought. And I do think like certain relationships and school really hounded my confidence out Mm. of me. And it, it kind of breaks my heart that that's true. Um, so it's just kind of figuring out how to work through that. But I just, I want, I love being able to think back to those times of just not pure joy, but feeling moments where like anything was possible. Mm-hmm. And I had those moments with you all the time, just like we could do anything. Mm-hmm. We could go fly a kite and run into I don't know. I can't think of a good example. (laughs) Run into the ocean. I mean, if we were at the beach or something like that, like we. And that felt amazing because Mm -hmm. we didn't get to experience that sense of freedom very much. I mean, we used to go to the mall. We'd get dropped off by our parents at the mall because that and not have parental supervision. And that felt like such a big deal Mm -hmm. because we got to be on our own in a mall. Oh, that's so funny. Which like looking back, it's like, oh, you're like a little little caged animal like just that's that's all you can do but like even then like that was that was so big and so fun and I think we still got to play there too you know like like I know I think you and I would pick outfits for each other that would be like funny (laughs) outfits like oh try this on this would be so funny and I think even that even within the boundaries that we were given as kids like we did so much and I I second kind of everything that you've been saying like for our privilege for our ability to have the time and the money and the and the space to be able 
to go do those things, to have parents that were available to drop us off. You know, I know some of our friends had to like take the bus from place to place. So even Mm -hmm. like having that ride from our house to the mall or whatever, like was huge in, in making our lives easier and more having us have more space to be able to play with each other and have good memories. And I'm so glad that I could play a role, you know, for you in having that space to not care as much about all of the things that were bringing you down at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think we even do that today, you know, when we hang out. Like, I think that every time we hang out, it's so good because I feel like the rest of the world goes away a little bit. And I guess that brings me back to my sensitivity, you know, like, that's what I love about friendship is, you know, that we get to, like, let go of a lot of that, too. I love yeah. you. You're going to make me cry. I'm just feeling so teary right now. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Make the whole world go away. That was a sweet thing to say. It's true, though. You know, like when I'm stressed during my week, like, you know, when I see you or when I see, you know, my housemates or, you know, when I see my partner, you know, like that's it makes me feel so much better and like like I can do much more than I could before. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with me and I will always look back on all those memories very fondly and Sure, there are so many probably negative things that were going on around those times too. I mean, that's just a part of life, but I I can appreciate that I'm able to look back and and smile yeah. instead of just fixate on whatever negative thing may mm-hmm. have been going on at that time. So You're already watering the grass? Look at that, Alyssa. <laughs> Doing what I can. Yeah. Well, anyway, to kind of get back into the topic a little more of just the things that we would do to play maybe more in the young adults range now, yeah. I think uh, things that we would do, like you wrote Truth or Dare, I think that was a big one. I think mm-hmm. we tried to come up with more structured games like that that were fun for groups because I think as we've gotten older, you and I have still been able to play just the two of us a lot, but I think we've grown to enjoy the company of multiple people even more so so playing games like truth or dare or cards against humanity board games card games all of that stuff Mm -hmm. and video games like you said Mm -hmm. it kind of i think helped with social development as well just learning things like sarcasm Mm -hmm. and learning how to play with more people and and experience what other people and other personalities are like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Most of my high school memories of playing around, you know, aside from like theater and kind of what that brought for me was like truth or dare spin the the bottle or whatever at at, uh, (laughs) Zarina's parties and stuff like that. Like that's when that stuff would happen. And I was kind of like not really into that. But I think more for me, it was playing Just Dance at Your Place mm-hmm. or playing Sing Star or these video games that like more than just the two of us could play. I think right. I think kind of similarly brought me out of my shell more. And, and, you know, I think I'm so grateful for our friend group at the time, too, that they were all so silly and open. You know, like Alyssa and I were friends with a bunch of guys from middle school through high school, really. Yeah. And I feel so lucky that we had a group of guys that weren't like toxically masculine and we're willing to like do the fun dances and just dance and we're willing to like play mario kart with us and like give us a chance to be a part of the group i think even if they were like you know more into magic and more into video games that were different from what Alyssa and i played you know like you played minecraft with them still and we got to play games all together at your mom's house and that that was like 
really fun for me, I think, in high school and in what I remember much more than like the party games and that sort of thing. That's like my form of play. I completely agree. I think you just said something that I've never really put together before about how we were friends with all of these guys, but now thinking back to it, they they really didn't always push this like masculine mentality on us, Mm -hmm. which I think is something that I really just want to take a moment to appreciate because I mean, granted, we evolved ourselves a lot to kind of fit their mold in yeah. some ways too. We we stopped being as girly as maybe giggly or something because we we wanted to appeal to their needs or or wants or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've I had guy friends that I was able to do facials with and and um, I think even paint their nails sometimes. I can't think mm-hmm. of anyone in particular, but that that was something. I mean, I know my sister definitely had guy friends that she did that with. And yeah. I think that's that's so nice because it's true. There are so many like hyper-masculine guys out there that could have, especially during such a vulnerable time in our upbringing, could have really kind of skewed how we, I don't know, grew up and mm-hmm. developed. So yeah, I'm I'm so grateful that that we got to be ourselves for the most part. As, yeah. You know, I, I feel like I was just as influenced as you mm-hmm. and just as much of a people pleaser and and our friend groups. And so, you know, I think it was nice, especially for us to kind of be in an alliance together too, I think. There were times when you and I probably competed with each other, but I think times in the bigger group where like we could both be on the same page and kind of be able to to meet each other at the same level, even if the guys were doing something different, like you and I always had. A connection anyway. So I think there was some safety yeah. in that too, even if the guys wanted to do something different. There was always a level of comfort where it's like, if I don't want to do this, there's a high chance that Carly is also not interested mm-hmm. in doing this. So at least I know I have her to kind of step off to the side and, and not participate or we go do our own thing or something yeah. like that. So yeah, exactly. yeah, that's a good point. Kind of going into... I guess post high school, like you and I split off a little bit more. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had different ways of playing, you know, than I did going through college and grad school, you know, up until this point, I'm sure it's been different, you know, than it even was in high school. Well, you know, the first thing that I thought of was sports, which I guess is kind of more back in high school age, because I I use sports a lot as my form of play. Yeah. I, I mean, it was play to me and Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. But in terms of like college, I think I focused more in on different types of media for my play because it's kind of like a, a, like a light switch occurred where it's like, I can't really play like I used to. Mm. There, there was too much going on, time constraints, too much responsibility. I'm in college now. I have to make sure that my future doesn't unravel and that I don't fall behind my peers. And I already felt like I was falling behind my peers because everybody went to four-year universities while I was stuck at a community college because I didn't know what to do. So my idea of play at that time was almost like constructive play where I had to do things like, or I wanted to, obviously, because they were play. But I would want to do things like music Mm because that was play to me. But it also was it added something for me as well. 
traveling and hanging out with friends, that was only going to help my social growth and make me not feel alone in the world. Mm -hmm. And going and seeing the world because I finally have reached adulthood to where I can go places and do things like I couldn't before Mm -hmm. with, you know, parents being strict or whatever it may be. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it reminded me that when I was in undergrad, I like didn't do anything Mm -hmm. to play really. I think, you know, something that that Atlantic article, you know, talks about based on the TikTok that I watched. This is all the information that I have because I don't I I don't subscribe to the Atlantic, so Mm -hmm. I can't read the whole thing. But they were saying that, you know, something that happens in relationships is that that becomes like the form of play. Like you still, you create rituals, you, you know, create that, that intimate connection. You have inside jokes, like all the play is much more rich. I feel like in relationships, um, as we grow into adulthood and that, mm-hmm. that's been my personal experience. And I know I have friends who think it's different, but for me, you know, my relationship in undergrad was like my, whole form of play mm-hmm. if he wanted to do something then I would go do it with him but aside from that it was just like our little dynamic that that was like the fun in my undergrad life and then when I got to grad school I think it changed a lot because I had my own friend group um, we did long distance at the time so I wasn't as dependent on him to kind of be that that person to play with so right I, you know, yeah. found this friend group that went line dancing and had parties and liked to cook so like our form of play was like watching I think you and I also watch scary movies but like watching movies together and mm-hmm. having dinner parties where we'd all cook together and um they played drinking games sometimes and would let me like you know I don't drink so like they <laughs> let me like drink soda or whatever during the games right, and yeah and it would be you know really fun because that was the first time I ever really did party stuff but that was like a new era of me getting to have fun and play in a different way than I was used to right it's interesting because from what it sounds like when you are so invested maybe in a relationship and I'm not saying you as you but maybe you as a whole in people yeah. being in a relationship can sometimes prevent you from going out and experiencing all of the different forms of fun that there is that I think single people kind of push themselves to go do because when you're in a relationship, you often feel just in the comfort zone of what Mm -hmm. you and your partner can do and and you find fun in that, but it's just a different form of fun. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a totally different thing when you do – it's like having a best friend, right? Mm -hmm. Like – you and your best friend go do things together, but it's different than like you individually choosing to go do something with other people. Right. You know, there's there's a different bond than, yes. than a one-on-one bond. And and I think that that's fun because you get so many more dynamics and you get to see much more of yourself, you know, than in this like kind of sheltered relationship. Which I think that's why our parents are always like, don't commit to people so quick when you're younger, when you're entering college, because they want you to get to experience what that is, what life is, where you're just on your own and and being invited to do this and that and just figuring out what is fun for you, what is play, what is what makes brings you the most joy without yeah. feeling like you have to carry another person's uh, opinion around. I guess our topic is kind of changing quickly as we <laughs> keep talking. So maybe we'll try to rework back into play. But 
I do think it's just kind of interesting how our versions of play have kind of been really similar, but also kind of different too, because of just the different situations we've both put ourselves in. Yeah. It's so funny because it's like similar, but but different at the same time. Like I'm kind of transitioning to thinking about us today too at Mm -hmm. the same time. Because I think while I was in school, I didn't have time to do all of the forms of play that I really like to do. I like yeah. to color. I like to play video games, you know, but they're like Toontown, like not like the video games that everyone else was playing at the time and stuff like that. But I didn't I didn't have time for it. And so now I'm in this phase where I'm post school, where I have the space to play much more in different ways than we used to, too. And I guess like I think it was because of our different capabilities at the time, you know, you being here you being in Oregon and you know the who we're surrounded by really makes or breaks sometimes the what we did for fun yeah and how far you would let yourself go to put yourself out there too like there's so many situations that maybe back in college I could have I could have been less self-conscious and just invited myself to things and maybe for that moment I probably I could have come off like an obnoxious person, but maybe then people could have gotten to know me and seen who I am as a person and I could have developed more friendships. But the problem is allowing yourself to put yourself out there. And I think you found a point in time where you really let yourself do that. I Between the two of us, I do think you're a more outgoing person than I am. I'm more of a homebody, but that doesn't mean that I've that I'm not someone who enjoys going out and and experiencing new things mm-hmm. and and meeting new people and building new friendships. I think uh, that is a form of play in itself, and it's it's kind of an exhausting play for me sometimes. Yeah. I think it just depends on where you're at mentally. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think especially over the last year, right? Whether it was your job that was really hard for you, or or not having a job that was also really hard on mm-hmm. you. You know, like. I'm sure it's been an exhausting year in that way. And I think, you know, in in the chronic illness field, I know spoons is like kind of the term that's used about like, how many spoons do we have? Do we have enough to to do these things? And for you, it, it would take spoons to play, you know, so for you playing music on the piano that you have here or playing video games with, you know, your partner and, and your friend group, mm-hmm. you know, from Oregon is is the way that you do it when you have less spoons because you're home it takes a lot less out of you and and I think it's the same for me in some ways too I'd much rather play at home and in my comfort zone but like (laughs) I I feel lucky that I have a partner that kind of like pushes me out a little bit to go out yeah Yeah. and and if his friend group that's been so like kind and welcoming and open to so that I don't have to feel as self-conscious as I would make myself feel right in those situations too yeah, you know, I I have some gratitude towards some of my previous coworkers because they really encouraged me to go out and I I was constantly, well, consistently going out with them without yeah. my partner all the time and doing things that I would have never done if it weren't for them and almost every single one of those experiences I had a great time and I have no regrets and I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so thankful for that. So maybe it just means that you and I, mostly me, have the personalities where we kind of need that external push, yeah. someone to encourage us to go do these things because 
we have maybe some timidness in ourselves mm-hmm. to, to doing it. But once we're out there and we're doing it, we have a great time. We're we're playing and having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that may be. I mean, nowadays, what I'm referencing is like going out to nightclubs and, and doing some partying and like dinner parties, like you yeah. said, with friends and just trying out different restaurants and that kind of stuff. Because I feel like that's that's what we think of as being adults, mm-hmm. what we do for play. So I, is there anything I'm missing in terms of, I mean, there's a lot of things that adults do for play, but. Yeah, it's tough because there's so much like bowling and mini golf, like things that we yeah. you know, used to do as a kid that I still like to do today. Or I think talk having conversations about mm-hmm. things that I care about to me is like fun and playful when they're theoretical, when they're about dreams. You know, when I first met my friends, uh, Sasha and Zora, like I met them at a like, Bumble BFF meetup thing. Mm-hmm. And I think Sasha asked this question, or Sora, I don't remember which one. They asked this question about alter egos. You know, like if you had a different life separate from this one, what would you be doing in it? And I think that's so I love fun. those questions. That's yeah. so- but when you're a kid, if someone asked you that question, you'd be like, what? What do you, huh? Like that doesn't even compute. And it's, and you wouldn't see that as fun. Yeah. That's why it's, it's kind of interesting now being an adult, how fun that can be. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's different depending on the situation, you know, like I'm I'm really grateful for my partner's friend group because I think they have fun in ways that I didn't even think about. You know, they had a Halloween party and his some of the friends from his um, Frisbee group dressed up as as people from um, Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. And they brought Pokemon cards and they wrote down on the Pokemon cards like dares to give to people. And so they'd like give you a Pokemon card and then you'd have to read it and like do the thing. Oh my gosh. So for some people it was like do a battle and they'd give you some Pokemon cards and they'd like teach you how to do it, you know, and then you get to like keep the card or give the card to the other person. And like it was just so interesting. They brought one that was like a tea party and then they took out a whole tea set and cookies and like you had like a little tea party for for a second, like just like mind blowing still the things that we can do yeah. as adults that that's fun and that's you know imaginative so Mm -hmm. I I think it's funny because like it's so different but it still connects to when we were a kid like what would be fun to do or what would be like a funny situation in doing that like they do this thing where you know one of them has a die and they kind of pass it around like you take the die and you tell somebody like if I roll a five you know you have to do this thing and then if if you roll like a one or a two or whatever then you have to do it. And Mm -hmm. that's like, and so they pass around the die and kind of do that. And there's just like something funny and imaginative about having those little moments to be able to do that stuff. So, you know, I think a lot of the fun that I'm taking away is from seeing them have fun together. Yeah, Uh, Karaoke, when we did that for your birthday and we did, and they did it, like, it's just one of those things where you get to see like, oh, this is, this is adult fun. Yeah. I really like this. Although you could still do karaoke as a kid, it's just the setting is different yeah. too. Yeah. I love to see when adults go out of their way to initiate play in their gatherings. Because, you know, it's so easy to be in a gathering and just resort to having small talk and just eating food and chit-chatting. And that, like I'm thinking about even just family events, like that's what yeah. you do. But for people who kind of go out of their way to make a game like that or, or play cards or whatever, I really enjoy that because it kind of helps people snap out of their head of just 
the mundane day-to-day life small talk situations because there's just so much of that already Mm -hmm. to be able to kind of not ask what do you do for work how's your family how's your dog doing that kind of stuff and be like hey what card am i holding up that Uh you know like just just being able to switch your mind to something that's i don't know just way less serious way less intense i Mm -hmm. just i think there's something so nice about that yeah i agree and so i guess like innately i think about how play is fun and kind of what it does for us but i think we haven't really spelled out why it's important you know for us to keep practicing this yeah i think you started to mention it earlier about how you feel like play has really affected how your relationships have kind of formed do you Mm -hmm. want to go into that a little bit more i know you heard from the person you referenced in the beginning oh yeah yeah i mean i think you know we kind of talked about it in our little group chat when the tiktok was sent over and i think it spells out you know a lot of different important parts about relationship building Mm -hmm. and stress relief and i think you know when i think about it psychologically we're such community-based people Every human needs social support and attachment, and it's a protective factor for stress and to build resilience for us to have bonds with people. And so like kind of referencing what my professor said about play being the most important role in attachment, like in order for us to have strong bonds with people, we have to play. We have to – and like have to is a strong word because I want to play. Like I want to have fun in my relationships you know, I think we were talking earlier about it changing the way that we think about life mm-hmm. in some ways. And I, so I think it's so important for me, at least, to be able to have those times where I get to play around, where I get to, like, let go of what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about rent and my health and my life and my family. To, like, not care about that stuff for a second and just be present and enjoy the moment is so meaningful just in itself. But even more that I get to create that memory with the people that I'm doing that with. I agree. And I feel like people like myself who have a bit of fearfulness around building relationships, I think play is an opportunity to kind of see other people's personalities really come out, Mm -hmm. show how playful they can be, what their form of playfulness can be, whether it's it's fun or if it can be like an offensive kind of playfulness where it's, it's not very uplifting to you or whatever it may be. I think when you're playing with people, you kind of get to see who they are in certain ways, less than when you're having just small talk conversation with them where they're giving generic responses most of the time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It's like deep without Mm -hmm. it having to be directly deep. Yeah. Ultimately, to me, I just think the reason why it's important to play as adults is it just kind of gives you a moment to detach, like you've already said, offers us moments to truly just kind of be carefree and take away some of the seriousness in life. And I mean, being an adult is kind of difficult as it is with all the different stressors going on. So any kind of moment you, any reprieve moment you can have is, is always welcomed. And hopefully you find moments like that frequently. If not, go searching for them, I suppose. But I I think the next thing we should talk about is what stops us from playing as adults, Mm -hmm. what really prevents us from being able to tap into that playfulness and detach from the stressors of life. Yeah. I it's tough because it's so unconscious, I think, for for me at least, those 
insecurities that that come up in being free in some ways and those walls. You know, I always talk about how I have so much trouble playing with kids because I don't want to fully let go of my being an adult and looking mature and being in control, I think, mm, in some sense. Yeah. It's all, it always comes back to, to wanting to be in control it's for us. It's you and I, Carly. we got to <laughs> work on our control issues. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, some of the things that, that we came up with, and I don't know if you want to talk about them at all more, or like seeing play as, as wasting time. Oh, I, I mean, I truly see that. I, I kind of mentioned that a little bit when we were talking about the young adult area mm-hmm. where I felt like I had to find ways where play also coincided with productiveness because yeah. I don't want to be wasting time because it's stressful. You're an adult. You need to figure out your life. And if you don't keep up with a certain standard, that again, these are expectations I truly set for myself that are way too high, but I constantly think that everyone has such a high expectation from me, even mm-hmm. though most of the time they're probably, they don't give a crap what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> they're focused on what they're doing and probably thinking the same thing, that they have certain expectations to meet. So finding ways to play that we don't see as a waste of time, that's that's what stops me from playing. Mm-hmm. And even now to this day, I mean, I'm constantly playing in ways that are maybe considered waste of time. Like as much as I absolutely love playing Toontown, when you really look at it from if you were standing next to your desk watching yourself play Toontown, you'd probably say, what am I doing right now? Uh-huh. <laughs> I could be writing a song. I could be learning a new recipe. You know, you yeah. think of all these different things. But th- this is where I'm struggling because you have to remember that you're doing it because it's giving you a moment mm-hmm. of of joy of being able to kind of fade the rest of the world out for a little while and just hone in on this this game that's bringing you this joy, this, yeah. this gameplay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it just reminded me there's this uh, social worker or therapist, Umu, who I follow on Instagram, and she kind of talks about this productivity to death pipeline Mm. and it's this idea that like we because of capitalistic society we have to be productive at all times we have to be doing things that are better for us at all times and at the same time this kind of aligns with it that like play is good for us even Mm -hmm. if it you know outwardly seems like a waste of time to do it's more beneficial because it gives us more energy it gives us more life yeah ultimately even if it's not us literally improving a goal that we can check off on a list you know maybe that's anti-capitalist in a way to do something like that to not care whether we're checking it off on a list but instead that we're feeling good in the moment and being present and enjoying our time yeah i feel like i've grown up seeing the two two opposite sides of that i've seen Mm. people who aren't taking their time seriously and from my opinion are wasting it away. And I've seen people who are just way too intense and don't allow themselves to have fun. They have this mentality of work hard now, I can have fun later. Mm -hmm. And it's like you're not allowing yourself to enjoy the journey of life. You know, you could die tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. are you going to regret not having the fun that you could have had? And I, I think that's what scares me and what 
causes me to just kind of freeze a little bit is I don't want to be that person that I can tell is just not allowing themselves to go anywhere in life because they're not pushing themselves. They're not acknowledging that fun is good, but you also have to put in effort for more fun to come. Yeah. But also seeing those people who are just so overly intensely like about you got to be productive. If you're not working, you're wasting away. You're wasting potential. You you could be doing better. I mean, that's probably the side that I'm leaning on in terms of like constantly anxious about is that yeah. I'm not utilizing my time to the best of my ability. And I think it's just so debilitating. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about how we often utilize forms of play, a lot of the time as adults, it's through media, watching TV, playing mm-hmm. games, um, whatever it may be. And a lot of that is kind of, I mean, you hear people use the phrases like um, turning your brain to mush and just like wasting away in front of a screen kind of thing, scrolling for endless days and that's not really contributing anything to yourself. I mean, there's a huge part of me that's been wanting to close all of my social media accounts except for maybe Be Real because Be Real's the most purest form of social media, in my opinion. Yeah. But unfortunately, I feel like because of my line of work, I literally can't. Like, yeah. I have to stay in tune with it or else I will not be able to <laughs> uh, stay up to date with the stuff that I need to know for yeah. my kind of work. So uh, the point for you is that you feel like it's kind of a binary. Like, you can either have fun or be productive, but the two don't really fit together that much. Are you I you think feel it's like not fair to put yourself in the position where they have to uh, be the same. Mm. I think it's if you're trying to have fun, just let yourself have fun. Yeah. Try not to. Why? Why take it so seriously? Why does it have to be killing two birds with one stone? Which is what I'm constantly doing, and I think that completely takes away the joy out of what you're trying to do for fun. So if you're someone out there who finds themselves doing that really maybe take a moment like I am currently right now and just think like I could be having so much more fun if I just allowed myself to play these video games for two hours and not feel guilty about it Mm -hmm. and know that I can set aside time to do the productive thing after or I do it first and then you know do the fun thing as my reward kind of thing yeah my thing you know kind of as we're thinking about the things that stop us. I know our next topic is how can we play more? Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm kind of in the opposite camp where I'm like, why can't we do both at the same time? Like if the intention is to have fun first, can I take this thing that I want to do to better myself in a way that makes it enjoyable? You know, I think that even this podcast, you know, I've talked about before how sometimes it's felt exhausting for me when I'm not passionate about it. And so for me, this is me putting the play into these experiences because if I'm not excited or I don't feel like this is something that it makes me happy and, you know, helps me connect more to you, then it's, it doesn't feel like it's worth doing as much for me. And so I think even in these moments, like, um, one of my things is gamifying things, mm-hmm. you know. Which I know you've mentioned in a previous episode too. I think when we talked about motivation a little bit, you uh, know, like yes. to me, if I can make this into something good, whether it's gamifying it, whether it's, you know, finding meaning in it, I think that that, that does kill two birds with one stone, but I think it makes it much more enriching for me. And at the same time, I can do both. I don't have to separate them and be like, oh, I'll do the productive thing first and then I'll have fun. I think Mm -hmm. to me, I can be like, oh, how can I enjoy this more 
so that I can have fun doing both. I can play video games, but I can also do my notes while listening to music, or I can race myself, set the timer and try to do it in 10 minutes, which like isn't thorough, but you know, (laughs) how can I make this something where I have more fun so that it doesn't feel like I'm wasting time and also feels enjoyable. And I don't, I don't want to put down your, what you're saying at all either, but I'm just, I think maybe like I'm coming at it from a, a different stance. And I think your stance isn't wrong at all. I think my biggest takeaway with this conversation is that you can do both and it's mostly how you think about it, how you allow yourself to approach it. Because if you think about it in a more dry sense like I am, of course it's gonna it's not gonna be accomplished in the best way it can be. And I think it can come off in in different ways. Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this conversation is is just that it's how you approach it and what mentality you go about mm-hmm. it. If you if you gamify, like you said, you can find ways to make it work together more and not feel guilty for what you're doing. I think my issue is sometimes some of the things that I choose to do for play, I I have a hard time seeing where the productiveness can be involved. I feel like, not to like make it astrological, uh-huh. but I know Virgos are like very uh, organized and perfectionistic. And, you know, I think, I think for you, I could see it being like very like – Absolutely. I mean, you look at how we do this podcast and how you said you used to do a previous podcast that you were on and how I'm like, we got to write out notes. We got (laughs) to see what we're going to talk about next because I need that visual. I Mm -hmm. need to know that structure. And that's because my brain is just set up like that. I feel a little bit chaotic without it. Yeah. And I do think, you know, it can be super helpful in some ways, but it also can be really debilitating a lot of different ways too. So that's something I am trying to like break through and yeah. learn how to be able to have fun and and not see, see yeah, the structure behind it. Like yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I think, you know, it's about finding that bridge, right? Like mm-hmm. between when we were kids and being an adult. And that's what this whole conversation has been about, right? Yep. And kind of what this final point is about is like how do we bridge the two so that we can enjoy life and so that we can make our lives more fun and meaningful and deep. Yeah. You know, and and so if we're too far on one side of the spectrum, we don't like how far we are, what's a step that we can do to bring it back, you know? And gamifying it is just one. I don't know if you want to go into like more ways that that you think we can play as adults, Alyssa, or if you want to talk more about, you know, the things that that stop us from playing. Like I don't know which direction you want to go in right now, but I want to hone in on the silliness. Yeah. I miss how silly we used to be as kids. And I think that kind of got kicked out of us as we grew up because we wanted to meet certain expectations and standards. And And I know people say as you get older, you kind of care less about what other people think. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really excited and working towards that feeling because I want to be silly again. I don't, I want to laugh and fall out of my chair and for people, whatever, if you're going to look at me like I'm a weirdo, so be it. I'm having a great time. I'm laughing to the point that I'm falling out of my chair. Mm -hmm. I want to play games that invigorates me rather than sit in a circle with people and just have small talk that I've had a million times. Like, I guess to me, that's the biggest way of how we we can break through and have more play as adults. It's just take things less seriously and be more silly. Mm-hmm. And I love 
your idea of gamifying things more. Was there any other thing that you that you suggest for how we can implement more play as adults? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I like to talk about like sharing dreams a lot. Mm-hmm. I get it from from this like Gottman therapy approach, but I think it's true for general relationships. Like, I really like deep conversation, and I like talking about imaginary situations. Yeah. And, and dreams are especially fun because it's like, oh, I get to see exactly what this person likes and wants and what we think about, you know, our dreams of traveling together, our dreams of, you know, just being old and like still having a connection and, you know, care. And and so that's really fun for me. Or like I had coffee with with my friend Jordan today and getting to like just sit there and talk about the stuff we enjoy in our therapy world, like kind of having these conversations about the the deep things, the things that we love, the things that we care about, kind of, I, I guess getting deeper is the way that I like to play that's like very adult in a sense, but I think helps me feel connected to people. And I think the other one that that you might have written down, Alyssa, I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was you, was like to stop taking life so seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to go into that at all from your side. And I think you kind of summed it up too with allowing yourself to be silly yeah, just I, 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 this is where good cop, bad cop, because I'm going to sound <laughs> a lot more <laughs> serious. It's just like, I, I think when you take life so seriously, and yes, there are so many moments where you do need to take life seriously, where you don't want to become homeless or you don't want to destroy relationships that are really important to you. So you have to be serious in certain moments. But ultimately, I think we need to just stop taking life so seriously because that is where the joyous mentality of play goes to die, in my opinion. Because it's true, when you start overthinking everything and not allowing yourself to be your true authentic self, like you could be playing a game, but if you're so in your head and self-conscious, you're not having fun, especially to the degree that you could be having. So I think it's just getting more out of your head and allowing yourself to just be you and caring so much less about what other people think. Yeah. And I I think, you know, the bullet point that we both kind of decided to end that point on was we can stop taking life so seriously because it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we feel this obligation to take our responsibilities seriously, of course, but I don't think that we have to, like, seriously pay our bills. And, you know, like, we can have fun and also, like, check things off, but at the same time, it doesn't need to be something that's so focused on on the difficult parts as much. And I guess uh, that sounds toxically positive in a way, but like (laughs) at the same time, I'm not saying don't do those things, but I'm saying if relationships need a three to one ratio of positive to negative interactions Mm -hmm. to be successful, I think it's the same maybe in life too, of we need like a three to one positive to negative experiences. Mm, Interesting. so, So giving ourselves more time to play puts those coins in the bank for us to be able to to be okay when negative things do happen. Mm-hmm. And I would say for those out there that are like me who fixate too much on the passage of time and maybe doing certain things that are play that you consider can be a quote-unquote waste of time, maybe consider how much time you may fixate on worrying mm. and stressing about it and see how much time you're actually dedicating to just that worrying and stressing and how much that's really a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. There's definitely happy medium, don't get me wrong, but I would say that's what a lot of people go through is yeah. they may fixate on things that 
are actually wasting more of their time than if they were just to do the things that they do for play or do for fun. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I mean, some of the things that I was thinking about in terms of gamifying mm -hmm. life are like, you know, in laundry, we can like shoot hoops with the with the clothes or we can yeah. do like a little like I'm doing like a swinging motion. I don't know <laughs> if you and your partner are putting away clothes together, like mm -hmm. having like an assembly line where you get right. to like kind of like toss stuff to each other, or, like, you know, play music and dance around while you're doing it. Like we can still do our responsibilities and and enjoy the process of doing them, I think, if we really want to. And so, you know, how much we're worrying about them versus it's kind of what you were saying earlier with the perspective that we go into it, right? If you can go into some of these things with, instead of worry, you know, a different attitude, mm -hmm. that might be able to shift the amount of time that you're worrying a little bit more too, or a I little agree. bit less. Yep. How are you feeling about kind of where we're at? Do you want to move on to our segment today? Yeah, I think I'm ready. So our segment today is we wanted to play a game together, very on topic. Um, this game, if you've ever done improv, you are probably familiar with it. It's called the one word story. And how you play is um, a person says a single word to begin a story. And then usually this is played in a bigger group. So like the, the person to the left would say another word and then the next person would say another word and yada yada mm -hmm. but because it's just carly and i it's going to be the two of us and ultimately the goal is to create a coherent story one word at a time <laughs> so carly do you want me to start or would you like to start oh you want to start sure once upon a time <laughs> i almost said it <laughs> there was a cat named miguel and he one a ticket to the fair he decided that he was not prepared on going by monday so <laughs> i can't um so he waited until he found another day <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Okay, see, Whoa. now that was a coherent story, and ultimately, sure, we might have felt silly while doing it. We're both having very large smiles on our faces and laughing and having a good time, and that's that's all to me that play really means. Carly and I got to have a cute connection with each other <laughs> right now and got to be creative and put a smile on her face. What do you think, Carly? Oh, yeah. I, oh, that was so much fun. I like I maybe had an idea of what I wanted, where I wanted it to go. OK, yeah. But it was fun to see where you took it to. I think yeah. I think I threw it off a little bit when I when I said the day or Monday or something. No, that's OK. I had an idea. But like, that's the fun part is like we get to make this together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, thanks for being willing to kind of dream a little bit yeah <laughs> and we encourage other people to play the game if they're interested it is definitely probably a little bit more interesting in a big group yeah. but carly and i just had a blast doing it the two of yeah. us yeah so. thanks for sticking around and, and listening to us talk about you know our memories our mm -hmm. the things that we care about in terms of play and and getting to listen to us do this little version of play 
Yeah. And I know this is a little bit longer of an episode. So especially for those who stuck around to the end, a very big thank you. I hope that you got something from this topic. I know Carly and I did. She got me to tear up, which is a wonderful thing. Happy tears, I promise. Yeah. (laughs) But if you feel like you're not experiencing as much play in your life, no matter what stage of life you're at, I hope you find a way to incorporate it more because Mm -hmm. it's it's a good thing. Life isn't meant to be taken so seriously, taking us back to a couple minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And to me, life is about experiences. And playing is one of those experiences that you're meant to have over and over again. So I hope everyone gets out there and goes and plays a little bit. Yeah, me too. I guess audience question for today, if anyone wants to give us some feedback, you know, what are you doing to play in your life? And what's something that we can try to do? Yeah. Yeah, good audience question. I'm very curious to what people will say. Yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) And, you know, if you would like to submit them to us, you can follow us on Instagram and DM us on Instagram at sensitivesundays.podcast. And you can also email us at sensitivesundays.podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And go ahead and go on to the Spotify and actually answer the question on there because it's really fun when we get them and then I can publish them and then Mm -hmm. if other people want to see it, it's really cool. Yeah, help us grow that community and thank you for listening. But if you don't come back, you might cry. (laughs) Don't make her cry again. Please don't make me do it again. I've already done it. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great rest of your Sunday and a good week and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.